On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Arielle Nissenblatt, and she's the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective, a weekly podcast newsletter and podcast. And she's the community manager at Squadcast.fm, a remote recording platform. And she's the graduate of Salt Institute of Audio Documentary Studies. And Nissenblatt is the, a podcast marketing expert, having spoken on panels and conferences such as Podcast Movement, International Documentary Associations Podcast Day, and she's spoken at USC and Montana Media Lab, American University, and a lot more. And she's one of the founders of Podcast Taxonomy, an international effort to categorize roles and credits in the podcast industry. And she listens to over 40 hours of audio content per week. And she's a podcast industry futurist and believes in the power of audio to break down cultural barriers. And on the show, you guys, we're going to talk a lot about different concepts and things that you can really get and glean from if you're a podcast listener and or a podcast producer or content creator. Uh, definitely one that you will not want to miss. First, it's time for our Marketing Essentials Moments, the basics that you need to help you continue to build your brand and your bottom line and get you through this marketing journey that we're all on together. In today's topic, I really wanted to just cover some of the trends that I'm seeing right now that maybe you're not having uh, incorporated into your marketing strategy or plan, or maybe it is something that you are doing, but maybe this is a good reminder. Just some things that I think that you need in order to continue to build that brand and get that awareness out there, have those call to actions, the things that are going to move the needle, as they say. But one of the things that is not dying, and it's kind of fun and funny, but if you haven't taken advantage of the memes, there's a continuing to have this meme craze and memes usage even in 2022 as we are now August 2022 the memes are continuing to rise in popularity people are sharing them showing creating their own meme generation generators those types of things so that's a trend that I want you to continue to analyze look at see how you can use what you can use what images you can use and then the other thing I'm seeing a lot more of are these audio special tags that are happening on stories and reels that you use audio clips and then you it'll automatically edit to the beat of the music and you add whatever uh, images you have from your profile from your phone um, from you know the highlighted features in Instagram and those are continuing to roll and go and they're getting a lot more traction a lot more views every time I put one up with our puppy Piper <laughs> our pepper shock puppy Piper uh, those are getting a ton of views and shares and likes and comments so one area to consider doing, and they're super easy, it takes hardly any time at all. You just use your photo roll uh, or whatever photos you want to use, and it's just trending out there, and they're, it's really easy to use inside the tools natively um, to create what's there. So that's happening, another trend that's coming up. And then, um, of course, videos. I mean, any kind of videos are going to be super helpful. Those are continuing to get more and more traction, and we know that 
people are using them more often and they're putting the subtitles in there. Uh, just continuing to think about where you're going to place graphics if you do have the subtitles up and that you're going to show them on a mobile device. So make sure that they're legible and, uh, and also consider that sometimes people don't turn the audio up. So making them audio agnostic and then of course having the subtitles there for our uh, friends that need them who maybe don't otherwise hear. Other things that are happening, uh, more and more social media influencers or expert speakers um, or you know, uh, I guess people who are expert reviewers, they, you know, will get a product for a discount and then review that product and then have and share, um, or they'll have it sent to them and then they review it and then uh, they share their information. So a lot of uh, products are being sent uh, to have reviews on. And so that's another area. Uh, if you have a product and you want somebody to talk about it, give a review about it, do a, you know, a box unboxing, if you will, or a reveal or whatever it is, you know, work that out with the, the person that can share to their following. Uh, and that's happening a lot more. I mean, I'm even getting uh, things to review and, and showcase and share. And I've done a couple of unboxings as well. And then I know uh, my business partner and husband, he's a expert provider. He's uh, logged in and has a, a login to a special site that allows him to review products, learn about those products, watching those videos. And if he does do all of that, then it unlocks special discounts for him to then be able to use those products. So lots of things happening in that space. Also, of course, the uh, reoccurring trend is TikTok, how many, how, how many downloads and, you know, views and all those types of things are happening. So TikTok growth is still exponential. Um, another one that's really growing in popularity, and I kind of forgot about it. I've been on Reddit forever, but it's Reddit, if you haven't um, been a part of it. So it's R-E-D-D-I-T. Uh, and Reddit is ever growing now even more. And of course, that's an area that you can use to answer questions, post things that are relevant to your brand, um, and all of those things. So think about Reddit. Uh, think about other areas that you can go aside from just the normal uh, social media. So, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, now, Snapchat, of course, Snapchat's ever growing with the younger demographic uh, and Instagram as well. Uh, just think about how Facebook is now a little bit more skewed toward the uh, middle age demographic <laughs> um, and a little bit older. So just keep that in mind, depending on who you're trying to target and go after. Um, and then, of course, we're going to talk a lot about podcasts in this, in this episode. So those are um, ever-growing trends and um, wonderful things that we'll dive into a lot more with Ariel. And then, of course, just thinking about how you can transition things that were once done, uh, like click and mortar, brick and mortar, right? Um, you know, you had a brick and mortar store and now we have this click and mortar idea. So we're going through this huge digital transformation. It's continuing to evolve. People are using QR codes more. They're more comfortable with it. Kind of, we had to because of the pandemic and people weren't touching menus. And so now QR codes have really taken off and there's a lot of capability and things that you can do with those codes. If you're having a hybrid event scenario, you can use QR codes for the people who are online so that they can easily get to a link if you're showing a link, all of the above. So 
other things that I'm seeing a lot of continuously to grow as well. And then, of course, more social commerce. Um, every day I'm seeing more people post their videos, and then you can click on the video and buy whatever it is that they're talking about. And so that social commerce is happening. There's links to download, links to purchase, links to, you know, use this discount, that discount, or whatever the case might be. That is continuing to grow. And Gen Z, our internet users, the ones who were born with it, uh, you know, with a cell phone in their in their in their hands before they could even talk, right? Uh, so so these ones are going to use the internet for everything that they ever purchase. Um, more more likely, they're going to research even if they do purchase something in person. They're going to research it. They're going to see what it's all about. They're going to look at the company and see if they care about the environment. They're going to look at, uh, you know, what they stand for. Um, so social conscious, social buying, and social commerce, another gen uh, trend to continue to think about. And of course, authenticity, uh, being vulnerable, all of those things that showcase who you are as a brand um, are going to be super helpful to be able to help in that um, buying decision making um, process for especially our younger generation. So keep that in mind. What are you doing to share your story, show and showcase what you're uh, all about? And then um, the other uh, trend I wanted to think about too is just utilizing, um, of course, search engine results. Um, YouTube is the second largest uh, search engine in in the world because people will search lots of videos to do lots of different things to learn how to do stuff, and then Pinterest is actually the third largest social uh, uh, search engine. So, uh, of course, Google's the first. But thinking about how you can capitalize on those other alternative ways to search for whatever it is that people are looking for, and then these messaging apps are growing also in exponential. So, um, Facebook Messenger, all of the social media where you can. Um, direct message people, personal message people, um, all of those mobile messenger apps are really growing. WhatsApp um, growing a lot as well. And then having and offering social media customer service. So being able to not just chat, but being able to have a customer service representative answering those direct messages, being um, aware of what's going on in your DMs. I always remind people that you need to check your DMs because that is where sometimes you are unlocking a gold mine of people who are trying to reach out to you to buy from you. And so you've really got to be able to be on top of those DMs and, and answer those questions that people may have because that is how people are doing business now. They're buying through social media apps. So being able to answer those messages. And I know it's just another place to go to check and see and you know you've got email and text messaging and social media messaging and apps and whatsapp and google hangouts and meets and google chat and msn i mean all of these different places so just really trying to keep on top of all those messages that people are coming through to you because they could be a potentially next big really awesome deal that you could have so those are some trends i'm seeing uh and now we're going to talk a lot more about the trends in podcasting which if you are not participating in podcasting highly recommend it um obviously you're listening to this podcast now kudos to you um, or maybe you're reading this as a blog post because we turn this content into 
blog posts as well as our marketing essentials moments. Um, those are all on themarketingexpedition.com. So you can read or listen or hear or watch um, themarketingexpedition.com. Go there, uh, sign up for the first month that's on me. It's free. Go and use promo code month one to get your first month free on themarketingexpedition.com. Now, let's get into this amazing, wonderful, chock full of really awesome tips about podcasting and curating and understanding what podcasts you should be watching and listening to. Uh, And let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media, as well as the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Ariel Nezenblatt. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your patience as we got started today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So I like to just give a a, a quick background, kind of where you were, where you are, and how you got to where you are now uh, for our our listeners, just to give you some time to share a little bit about your story. So take it away. Sure. Yeah. I work in the podcast space. That's my thing. I have been working in the podcast space since 2017. Uh, both as a creator and a marketer and a consultant and a curator and just big listener. So started in 2017 by running a podcast recommendation newsletter that I still run and um, have transformed that into lots of different jobs and have monetized the newsletter, have learned a lot about email marketing, have run multiple newsletters as a result of the experience that I've had with that and um, have also worked in studios. I managed a podcast studio for a while, both doing content and marketing and networking events for that studio. Um, I worked at CastBox, which is a podcast listening app, which is really where I honed a lot of my theories about podcast marketing. Um, And I currently am the community manager at Squadcast, which is a remote recording platform. And that is an interesting role that is sort of marketing, sort of people focused, definitely very customer success focused, but I think it all kind of wraps up into why do people want to be associated with a product and how can I make them want to be associated with it so much that they tell other people about it, therefore you've got the marketing. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. And I just signed up for the uh, podcast recommendation newsletter. So I'll get to experience all of those uh, list building and things that you have to offer. I'm excited (laughs) to to read my first one. So excellent. So I, um, I love the fact that you have really delved and deep dived into this whole industry. And as we continue to build our podcast and look to monetize it in other ways and grow it and, you know, show it off to people and get them to share it and spread it. What do you think is the number one challenge that podcasters have when they are trying to market their podcast? A lot of podcasters make podcasts without considering the audience that it's for. This seems obvious, but you know, we were chatting with friends. Oh, that's a great idea for a podcast. And then you get started on making that podcast. You make the cover art, you start working on a theme song, you start working on your intro and your outro, but you haven't considered who's actually going to listen to it. 
or if you have, maybe it's a business focused podcast, you haven't done studies with those people or a lookalike audience and you haven't said, what do you want to listen to? How long do you want to listen for? What types of guests would you like me to have? So I think a lot, a lot of the reason that it's hard to grow uh, uh, an average podcast is because we're not doing focused studies on who should be listening to that podcast. So that that's sort of my big takeaway is going forward. I think if you want to make a podcast, great. If you want to just have fun, make a podcast with your friends, play around with the equipment, play around with having a collaborative project with a friend or a colleague. Amazing. But if you really want to grow that show and have it reach a wide audience, you really have to consider the audience at every aspect of of your production and of your marketing. So how do you typically go about doing that with the people who are listening? Do you send them a survey? Do you uh, just put it out there in your Facebook groups? Share a little bit how you get that feedback from the potential and or listeners that you may have. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I've been, along with my podcast recommendation newsletter, I run a weekly podcast about podcast recommendations. And um, the the good news there is that I have never been too concerned about growth for that show. It's not my number one priority. The number one priority is the newsletter. So I make the podcast in order to walk the walk of having a podcast, um, to play around with equipment, to play around with trends in podcasting. So that's fun for me. It's pretty low stakes. But if I were advising somebody on how to grow their audience, if they've been making a podcast for a really long time, they want to reach their audience, they want to find out what their audience likes, what they don't like, I would recommend a listener survey. And sometimes getting responses is as easy as offering up a $25 gift card for the first 10 people to respond or raffling off an $100 gift card for you know anybody who responds. You know, just like the possibility of getting a gift card might entice some people to respond. Um, it can be really hard to hear from your audience. That's a big complaint that I hear pretty often is I want to know what they like, but I never hear back from them. And I think there are a few factors there. One is your audience might be so small. You have to consider where they're at, where when they're listening to your show. It could be that they're listening in the car or they're listening when their hands are not available. And then by the time they finish listening, they've forgotten about your call to action. So there's a lot of factors that might be preventing people from responding to your ask for to fill out a survey or to leave a rating and review. Um, Something that I have had a lot of success in over the years is if I really need somebody to respond to a call to action from me, I will say, no, really, I am asking you. And if you think this does not apply to you, that is not true. This applies to you listening right now, wherever you are. I actually really need to hear from you because it would help me make this better for you and the people who listen alongside you. So sometimes, I mean, yes, that that might be naive, but it does work. It has worked Mm -hmm. for me. Oh, I like that. And yeah, using the word you, you know, yes, you. Really? uh, (laughs) Because I think um, another part of it is that a lot of people use the same call to actions week after week, not just the same content, you know, like leave me a rating and review, but also the same wording and the same tone. And sometimes Mm -hmm. switching that up either moving it to the beginning of the show, the end of the show, using a different word that you haven't used before, using a different tactic, taking a different approach might shock somebody into being like, huh, I actually heard what they're saying and I might go do it now. 
<laughs> I love that. Let's shock them into doing it. <laughs> pepper so, shock. <laughs> that's right. Pepper shock. <laughs> you got it. Um, so, okay. What are some of the marketing tactics, since we are going on a marketing journey, that you have used to help you develop all of the things that you have done? I mean, you, you mentioned the email list and, and you know, growing the lists and, and all the things. What are some, some tactics that you've taken, maybe some content that you've used or just things that have really worked for you? To grow my newsletter at first in 2017, I had no idea what I was doing. I started on Gmail because I didn't know any better. And I just sent a BCC email to 50 people. And well, at least at least you did BCC. So yes, there is that. <laughs> that's good. By the third week, though, I accidentally CC'd everybody. And that's when I was oh, like, no. all right, it's time for me to learn MailChimp. So I signed up with MailChimp with a code that I had heard on a podcast for X percentage off. I don't remember. And I started learning about fonts and colors and what types of buttons are most likely to be clicked on. And I started writing. I had a a boss at the time who taught me about bluff bottom line up front, which I really like as a email marketing or as an email copywriting tactic, which is like Mm. if you're email and this can apply to everything in life and not just email marketing or not just Mm -hmm. marketing emails. But even if you need to ask somebody a favor, just asking the favor up first in right after the subject line. Hi, Ariel. I'm wondering if you can take my dog to the vet and then enter, enter. Hope all is well. My dog is sick. He needs to go to the vet. I am unfortunately out of town. Would you take my dog to the vet? So they get the question right up front and then they get the explanation as to why you can do all the niceties later. I I like that bluff, no fluff. Just get right to the point. Bottom line up front. (laughs) I love it. Apparently it's a military term. It's a military email tactic, but I I like it. And I think it can be applied to life. Uh, So that's sort of, you know, my email newsletter, Earbuds Podcast Collective is not very writing heavy on my end because each week of podcast recommendations are curated by a different person. But all of the pitching that I do on the side, whether it's for advertisers or to work with podcasters on other types of projects, I try to use bluff bottom line up front to say, here's what I need. And then here's the explanation for it. So that's definitely something I've developed over the years of just being involved in email marketing. But when I first started this newsletter, I was very active on Facebook groups, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, just trying to find podcast lovers, people who just were listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. constantly. And Twitter has been a really, really great place to find those people. They go on Twitter and they share their favorite podcasts. And then I did a lot of uh, things in 2017, 2018 that now I do not recommend doing. So like, for example, (laughs) um, there's a hashtag podcast recommendations and it's filled with junk because people Mm -hmm. will go onto Twitter and say, I'm looking for podcast recommendations. Maybe they're genuinely looking for podcast recommendations, but if you go to all the replies, it's just people dropping their own link. That Mm -hmm. is not going to be helpful. The person who is going on a road trip from Indiana to Idaho does not care for your buddy chat cast where (laughs) you sit in your basement and you talk about, um, I don't know, old pinball machines. It's partly their fault for asking for general podcast recommendations. I, I think that they need to specify, but also you as a person you as a podcaster who is spending your time on social media, you're not going to get a huge return on investment if you're just dropping links. So I recommend spending time in other places and I can get to that. Um, But yeah, I definitely spent a lot of time on the podcast recommendation hashtag. 
when people would ask for podcast recommendations, replying to them like, hello, I have a podcast recommendation newsletter that you should check out. And I did that. I copy pasted that over and over and over again. And, you know, uh, again, the return on investment, not so great. I probably got a few people subscribing, but my time is better spent elsewhere, uh, Mm -hmm. collaborating with other newsletters, doing promo swaps that way, Mm -hmm. collaborating with Mm -hmm. podcasts about podcasts that might Mm -hmm. be interested in sharing my message with other people, speaking at conferences. Obviously, these things take time. Sometimes I have bought ads on newsletters so that my call to action, my link can be in the face of people who might be interested in it, but all of these tactics combined have yielded a a nice email list. Good, good, excellent. And so when you say speaking at conferences, I know that obviously the pandemic has kind of put us in, you know, online mode, but have you um, had the ability to actually go to speak at a uh, in-person conference now? Yes, yes. Um, I go to, uh, the first podcast conference I ever went to was in 2017. And it was actually the reason I got to go was a direct result of having a podcast newsletter. Yes. Um, there was this event called Podcast Movement, and it was taking place in Anaheim in 2017. And I was living in LA at the time. And I really wanted to go, but the ticket was $500 and I did not want to pay it. And was definitely not going to stay over at the conference hotel, but could commute. So I just went out on a limb, bottom line up front, emailed the founders of the festival and asked them if I could have a free ticket in exchange for advertising for the festival in my newsletter. And they said yes. And honestly, going to that podcast conference has brought me everything that I have done in the podcast space. I made connections there that have led to jobs, that have led to more speaking opportunities. It's really been I I really can point back most of my career successes to that first podcast conference. And I started speaking at that event in 2019. So I went to two as a non-speaker, just as an attendee, soaking up as much as I could. And then in 2019, I pitched my first um, speakership. I Actually, the idea for it was let's talk to podcast newsletter writers about what they're looking for in when people pitch them. So um, I had five people on stage with me. I moderated a panel. And every year since then at this conference, I have either spoken on a panel or have spoken on my own, usually about marketing adjacent topics in the podcast space. And I've also spoken at a bunch of other podcast conferences or podcast summits or days or sometimes to college students who are in journalism programs or in marketing programs. So yeah, I'm a huge, I love speaking. I love public speaking. So yeah, yeah. no, I I get that. Me too. And it always, whether it's new clients or new opportunities or new collaboration, I I mean, speaking is always a great place to be able to get that and and podcasting too. Right. So, I mean, it all makes sense, but I, um, I, I, glad that you got to go before the pandemic shut us yeah. all down and we all had oh, to do man. everything on zoom but that's awesome and that and then those relationships that you build in person it, like you said it just carries on for a long period of time which i'm so yeah. happy that you got to do that and now it's time for a message from one of our partners kitcaster did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand And KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. We've had several guests from KitCaster on the Marketing Expedition podcast as well. So if you're an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. 
Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com expedition to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that inspired you when you wanted to first start this. What was the catalyst that kind of made you go down this path that I want to get involved in podcasts? What was it that made you steer in that direction? I started listening to podcasts in 2014. I had just graduated from college and my roommate at the time was listening to podcasts while she was cooking. She would be in the kitchen and she'd listen on podcasts very loud. And I was like frustrated (laughs) at first. I was like, why? You should put headphones in. This is rude. And then I would be in the kitchen and I would hear these stories and I would secretly be very much enjoying them while still still being angry that she was listening to them out loud. So then whenever I was on road trips or just traveling, I would put on a podcast and I found that I was able to go driving for hours and hours and hours without stopping because of podcasts. And I was just amazed at the way that these stories are presented, the way that my brain was taking them in. Um, I realized by listening to podcasts that I am very much an auditory learner and that if growing up I had had access to podcasts or audiobooks in in school as a, an actual substitute for reading, I probably would have had a lot more confidence in myself as a learner and as a student. So now I'm sort of on a mission, not just to listen to educational podcasts, but to enjoy learning through my ears, whether it's um, entertainment or audio drama or books just for pleasure. But yeah, of course, also to learn and to be aware of the news. So, uh, so yes, I want to listen to podcasts for my sake, but I also want to share with others who might be interested in taking on some sort of other way of taking in entertainment that this is a possibility for them. Um, So I moved to LA a few years after college and was stuck in traffic all the time, Mm -hmm. but was listening to podcasts and decided that I wanted to move out of my own comfort zone. I didn't want to listen to things that were like you know, I, I'm into like history and science and things like that. I, I'm not necessarily interested in like robotics and um, mm-hmm. right wing politics or anything like totally different. But I definitely wanted to find podcasts that were outside of what I would search for on my own. So I figured that other people could curate lists of their favorite podcasts, share it with me and I could share it with anybody who subscribes. And that's how the newsletter came about. That's how the Earbuds Podcast Collective came about was other people should curate lists for each other and we can expand our minds. We can plug into the podcast space, know what's going on. And I can uh, have a poke at email marketing. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So after having done all of this, what are some of your favorite podcasts that you would recommend? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's interesting because I listen to probably five hours of podcasts a day. So it's definitely a lot. Um, And it's sort of interesting the way it works for me. I wake up and I listen to my morning podcasts. I listen to Up First. I listen to The Daily. I listen to The Daily Zeitgeist. Um, Then in the afternoon, I listen to my afternoon daily podcast. I listen to People Every Day. I listen to The Daily Zeitgeist has an afternoon version. I listen to Today Explained. I listen to Consider This from NPR. So those are my dailies that keep me up with the news or the entertainment news or whatever it is. And then I have my weekly podcast that update no matter what every week. So of course I listen to things like, um, I'm just looking at my 
my cue right now. Um, <laughs> I listen to Into It. It's a new pop culture podcast from Vulture. Um, I listen to Hysteria, a show from Crooked Media. Um, so I have like, I would say 10 that I listen to weekly, some comedy, some um, entertainment, some news, some, I don't really listen mm -hmm. to sports, some, lo I love history podcasts. But then I'm also a big fan of serialized shorter seasons. And so mm -hmm. some of my favorite production houses will put out a six episode series and I'll usually listen to that in one go or in a weekend or, you know, as I can. Um, and there's different styles when it comes to uh, podcast releases. So some people will put out three episodes and then wait a week and then drop weekly after that. So I'll try to keep up with that. I really like to um, have a good sense of what is popular. And I do that by going to the home pages of the podcast listening apps. And that's not just Apple and Spotify, but it's also Stitcher. It's also CastBox. It's also Pocket Cast. And I like to see who is curating what and what is trending and just to have a sense of, you know, what's out there and how, what are people enjoying and how can you take that as a creator and run and say, okay, it looks like people are interested in this. It looks like people are gravitating more towards 30 minutes to 45 minutes rather than 12 to 15 minutes. Maybe we should take that into account when we put out our next series. So mm -hmm. You know, I, I like to stay entertained both as a listener and as a creator and as somebody who helps creators. So what is your ideal length of a podcast then, just out of curiosity? Um, I listen to all sorts of podcasts all, of all sorts mm -hmm. of different lengths. Like I, I forgot to mention, I listen to there's a daily history podcast called History Daily. That one is 15 minutes, very formulaic, but it's beautiful and it's sound designed. And that is the perfect length for that. So mm -hmm. James Cridland, who runs a podcast newsletter called Pod News, he says that, you know, people often ask this, what is the ideal length for a podcast? What is the proven length? And the answer is a podcast should be exactly as long as it needs to be and not a minute longer. Because, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, if you go on and on and on, that probably needs to get cut. There's got to be an editor somewhere in there who tells Ariel to shut up or <laughs> cuts Ariel off later. And that is fine with me. Because I'm not the best use of my own, I mean, I'm not the best judge of my own speech right now, because you're the one asking me questions. And I don't know the style of your audience per se and what they like. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, again, ask your audience how much they want to hear from you, what they want to hear from you. Something that I often tell people when I'm auditing their podcasts is what I really, what I don't love to hear is at the end of the interview, saying goodbye to each other for 10 minutes. We do not right. care about that, right? So like, <laughs> wow, thank you so much. It was so lovely. Where can people find you and follow you? Like going on for five minutes, something, I don't know how you do this. So apologies mm -hmm. if I'm offending, but I think it's important, like depending on how your audience likes to hear from you, to carve your own path and then they can get used to that. But I think the um, tendency to go on at the beginning or at the end, we don't need too much behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We want the information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I know we want to get right into it. <laughs> like you said, bluff bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Up front. Um, okay, so I want to know what are some resources, some things that you tap into aside from podcasts that you can share with our audience that might be useful to to them in this land that you're in? Yeah, I'm a big newsletter fan, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, I read several daily or weekly podcast newsletters, both podcast recommendation newsletters and podcast industry newsletters. 
The reason I think it's important to be subscribed to both and to as many as you can possibly find, let's start with recommendation newsletters, is you can get a sense of what's trending, what's popular, what cover art looks like and what trends maybe you might be interested in following if you're making a new podcast, what descriptions of podcasts look like and what you like, what you don't like, what you want to emulate, what you want to avoid. But then also maybe there's a new history show that just came out and you are about to launch your history show. So you should listen to that show to make sure that yours is not too similar. And if it's similar, maybe you should veer in a different direction or better yet, you should collaborate with them. You should do some sort of cross promo with them or reach out to them and ask to be a guest on their podcast and vice versa. So I think it's important to just be aware of everything that's out there. Those are podcast recommendation newsletters, industry newsletters. So there's, I mentioned pod news. There's also inside podcasting. There's another one called Sounds Profitable that's more focused on ad tech and things like that. Um, I could go on all day. There are so many. And then there's also companies that We'll put out branded newsletters that are also still very valuable. Obviously, they have a call to action to check out that product, but they do share a lot of really valuable resources. I think it's important to be subscribed to those because you can read about the latest trends. You know, who is being acquired? Who is being, you know, who's firing people? What jobs exist in the podcast space? Are you looking for an editor? There's probably somebody advertising their services. Lots of lots of reasons to be subscribed to all these newsletters, and I look forward to receiving them all the time. <laughs> and whenever oh, new absolutely. ones pop up, I love subscribing. So if you know of one that I don't know, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, what are your goals? What do you want to have after, you know, you've been doing this now since 2017? Where do you see yourself in the next year, five years? Tell me, tell me more, where do you want to take this? Yeah, I, so... Full-time, I work at Squadcast, the remote recording platform, and I love working full-time in addition to also working full-time on other things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Earbuds does take up a lot of my time. I wouldn't say it's 40 hours a week. I have at times had um, uh, assistants. I I actually like to call them coordinators or whatever title they like, honestly. Like, um, I, I'm very into hiring recent college grads who are interested in the podcast space and then moving them from their job with me to a job that can pay them more and give them health care. So great. Get your experience with me. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I'm probably not going to be able to pay you that anytime soon, maybe one day in the future. Um, yeah. So it, I recently had to say goodbye to such an amazing um, podcast and newsletter coordinator. Her name is Nina. Um, I was successful in that I got her another job and she now works for a Colorado media company and is doing great things. And I'm proud of her. And um, that's sort of the the sadness when it comes to finding an amazing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> finding an amazing person to work with. Um, but yeah, so I guess my goal is to build out my efficiency when it comes to earbuds, because I put out a weekly newsletter, a weekly podcast, sometimes twice a week blog posts, um, social posts every single day. I, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to bringing this all together. And right now I do not have somebody working with me. I'm in the process of hiring somebody else who I'm really excited about, but it's a lot of work. And I do thankfully monetize the newsletter, but I would love, I'm not a big systems person. So the persons, the people that I have hired are big systems people, but I would love to become a little bit more efficient in that way. And for it to naturally be, become a part of my brain to document and to track and to do all of that. Um, my goals are to be the place to come to if you are in search of a podcast and I can tell you what you should be listening to based on what you're interested in. Um, I want my blog posts to rank really high on Google for best podcasts about X. 
I want to have 100,000 subscribers to my newsletter. I think that that should be easy, given the statistics about how many podcast listeners there are in the US and in the world. So yeah. these these are some of my goals. Um, and they will happen. Uh, I'll say yeah. that. And then when it comes to Squadcast, I'm really enjoying the community management space, the community space in general. I think most companies, products, services can and should have defined communities. And sometimes those communities live on Slack. Sometimes they live in real life. Sometimes they are beta testers. Sometimes they are you know, just taste testers. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really fun space that I think... Um, people should embrace in a real way. I think the term community, like building a community around your brand can sort of be a buzzword. So my number one piece of advice there is to ask the community if they want to be a defined community because they already have so many other places to hang out online or in real life or with family and friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm along with you in the building that community, building the people that, you know, want to listen to what we have to offer uh -huh. and, you know, creating the Facebook group for the marketing expedition members and creating the website and the podcasts and all the things that kind of pull it all together and have that as the audience that you want. And so it sounds like for you, the, all the podcasters and then people who want to enjoy and think about becoming a listener and or a podcaster too. So there's lots of uh, overlap and lots of ways to collaborate, I think, in, in that world. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. We'll keep it. We'll keep it timely, like you said, and we'll <laughs> do your um, thing. Just, do yeah. your thing. I can roll. I can yeah, roll. Yeah. With punches. Well, I do. I do want to give our audience a, a place to be able to sign up for your newsletter. So go ahead ah, and plug yes. that, and we'll put it in the show notes and everything too. But go ahead. Uh, if you go to earbuds.audio, you'll see a sign up form right there on the website. Yep. I mean, I did it. So Short now I'm going to get my Short inbox too. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ariel. I really appreciate you joining me today and just look forward to continuing to follow what you've got going on and we'll have to have you back on and you'll have to give us a report uh, next time. <laughs> Happy to. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. You bet. All right. And for those of you listening, like Ariel said, we've got to get those reviews and likes and shares. And we want you, just like she yes, said, you. we want you <laughs> to do that for us because it helps us in a lot of different ways. It's like the best compliment anyone can give, right? By giving a review. So yeah, until next time, everyone, enjoy your marketing journey. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.